0: Tonight's reading is from Ephesians 5, verse 3. Ephesians 5, verse 3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Please be seated. Well, good evening. Uh, If you didn't catch on from the songs (laughs) or from the scripture reading, we are talking about purity tonight. Uh, That's just one of those subjects that, as the listener, I'm sure no one ever gets really excited for that sermon. Uh, But believe me, as the speaker, I promise you, I was less excited than you. Um, In fact, as Tim was talking to me about speaking on Sunday nights and picking out some of the chapters of my book that I would like to preach on... I really didn't want to pick this topic. Uh, I would rather stand up and tell funny stories about myself and my family and how we struggle with technology. Uh, But the more and more I thought about it, the more I realized that if this lesson is left out of this series, uh, I've done us a disservice uh, because I'm afraid that this is the area of technology where individuals struggle with the most. Um, And you may be sitting there and thinking, right, but those are the people out there. Those are the the non-churched individuals. Um, And statistics would tell you that that's not true. Statistics, and we're going to look at some here in just a minute, would say that the church, uh, in the church, this is just as much a problem as anywhere else. I understand that this is a sensitive subject, and I understand that we have little ones in here. I do too. So I'm I'm going to be sensitive in the way that I talk about these things, knowing that as adults we understand uh, what I'm talking about when I say inappropriate images uh, without getting into the nitty-gritty of what those things might mean. Um, but I also don't want to sweep these things under the rug and uh, not deal with them in a thorough way uh, because I think God's Word is pretty clear about these things and what our relationship with them should be. And so... Um, I know that, this, like I said, I know that this, uh, this lesson doesn't really lend itself to uh, funny stories from at home. Um, bear with me. Uh, let's talk about some things that are really important, and then I promise next week I'll tell on myself a lot more again. <laughs> um, here are some statistics. Uh, I got these from a website called Covenant Eyes. It's a great website that specializes in um, internet filtering, and it actually has collected a bunch of statistics regarding uh, the use of the internet. It says 9 out of 10 boys are exposed to inappropriate images before they turn 18. Uh, 6 out of 10 girls. Uh, the average age for the first exposure for boys is 12. It says this is Christian men. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say that they view inappropriate images online at least once a month. Uh, Over 50% of young adults view that it's an acceptable way to express one's sexuality. Uh, And one in in five mobile searches are for inappropriate images. In case you showed up tonight and didn't know the epidemic that our culture is facing, uh, we live in a time in which we're in trouble. Um, And again, I I don't want to try to make a big deal about something that's not a big deal. I think there are people who are really struggling with this. Uh, Jack Dodgen, who uh, actually does a website that kind of focuses on some of these issues, he posted an article just the other day that they wrote. It was top four reasons why you should not talk about these things in church. Um, and I won't talk about all of them, but one was because your church isn't struggling with it. And we can fool ourselves into believing that somehow North MacArthur just happens to be the one church in which we have it all together. And there's nobody here that's struggling, okay? Our, our young men are the good young men. They're the pure young men. We've kept them on the right path. Nobody here is struggling with these things. Um, I hope that's the case, but I also know that it's probably not the case. Uh, there may be individuals in this very room tonight that are struggling with this. Um, and this isn't meant to be a time for me to bash you over the head with the Bible, I think most of us understand that these things are wrong, and so tonight I want to focus some time uh, time on what we can do to fix the problem, and as families, some things that we can do to make sure that in our home it doesn't become a problem. Uh, But we just read from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3. I love the way that the New Living Translation uh, translates this verse. It lists all these different things, these uh, and talks about sexual impurity and it says, such sins have no place among God's people. In other words, we have been called to something greater. Uh, and I could stand up here and give you Bible verses about why I think it's wrong for us to view inappropriate images and, uh, could talk to you about all the dangers, but the truth is, like I said, I think most of us understand. Uh, I think, uh, and if you disagree with me, I'm more than happy to talk with you after this. I think most of us are on the same page with that. And so I don't need to throw a bunch of verses at you to prove uh, the fact that it's wrong. Uh, and if you're struggling with it, uh, sometimes I feel like doing that just just pushes you further and further in, into guilt. I, I just want to focus on the fact that as God's people, we have been called to something more, to something greater, uh, and if you are struggling with these things or if you know people who are struggling with these things i would hope that the message for you and for your loved ones is that god has something greater for us it's not just about those are abominations and those things are going to result in eternal punishment it's about god has put us here with a purpose and his purpose is so much better than all those things that you can get uh, entangled in and so i want you to keep that in the back of your mind uh, keep those things fresh in your mind as we talk about some of these things because that should be the driving force uh, when it comes to getting away from these things. Is living out a life that seeks after God's purpose for us rather than these things that are empty and worthless uh, and, and don't bring any substance to our life. So uh, here are, let's just start by talking about some of the dangers, some of the dangers of online impurity. Uh, I did have a PowerPoint, but I feel like it wouldn't be a series on technology if I botched the technology. And so, <laughs> I'm warning you about the dangers. This is not a how-to in technology. Sorry. Uh, but uh, we don't have a PowerPoint tonight. That's my PowerPoint tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I had to get some laughs in this lesson somewhere, all right? Just ease the tension a little bit. Uh, but here are some of the dangers when it comes to online impurity. Number one, It's everywhere. Uh, There was a time where if you wanted to view inappropriate images, you had to seek it out. Uh, It might take some work, and that time is gone. In fact, it's now possible to view things you don't want to see accidentally, uh, while driving around town, while watching television, uh, while flipping through a magazine in your doctor's office. Um, We are completely surrounded by impurity. Uh, And so it's everywhere. Um, some of you may be able to even think of times when you've been watching television recently and thought, I can't believe that's allowed to be shown. My kids could have been in the room. Maybe your kids were in the room. Uh, you watched the Super Bowl, right? I mean, this is not recent. Go back in Super Bowl history, 15 years. You can see things you weren't expecting to see while watching television, right? Right? I thought we were supposed to be safe from those. Those are supposed to be things that if I'm the kind of person that goes to look into those things, I can find them. That's not the case anymore. And so, um, again, this series is not meant to scare parents uh, of young children, but it is certainly to uh, prepare you and to inform you that even some of the apps on our phones that our kids are using, um, if you know how, you can use those apps to view things you should not be viewing. It's not always easy, um, but it's a reminder that we can't just give our kids a phone and say, hey, good luck. Good luck figuring out our world. I mean, there are things on there that we need to protect our children from, and it's becoming harder and harder to do that because it's everywhere. Uh, it's everywhere you see. Number two, the second reason it's it's so dangerous is it's desensitizing. Uh, the more and more you see it, the more uh, the less and less it bothers you. Um, I read this story from a book written by Philip Patterson where he deals with some technology. And in the story, he calls his cable company. Uh, and he, he's decided, he and his wife have decided they're going to dump some of their premium channels because they've started seeing some stuff that's just completely inappropriate. And so he calls his cable provider and, like a classic cable salesman, I apologize if I've just offended you. You guys are salt of the earth. Uh like a classic bad cable salesman, he says, hey, why don't you just keep them for a couple of weeks and see if you get used to it? Now, what's sad is the salesman knows how we are because some of us, I'm not going to let myself in here because I want to still think of myself as young, some of us can still remember a time when on television when you saw uh, the parents' bedroom, what kind of bed did they have? Beds, right? Two twin beds. Why? Because you don't even want to give the idea that inappropriate things, we're going to be very... I mean, now try watching a television show that's on like main television right now without seeing some reference to inappropriate things. You can't. Whether it's on Netflix, whether it's on cable television, whatever it is you're watching, it is just about impossible to see those things anymore. Gone are the days of the Andy Griffith show. And I can still, some of you still, I'm not saying you don't watch it anymore. It's still out there. You can find it. Uh, That's not the kind of stuff that's being put out anymore. Uh, And it's desensitizing. Our culture slowly has become more and more okay with seeing things that they shouldn't be seeing. And we as individuals are the same way. There are things you see the first time and think, I should not see that. And the next time you see it, it bothers you a little bit less and a little bit less. To the point where you've moved on and now it's something else that has to shock you and awe you. And so these things are dangerous because over time they wear you down and it doesn't bother you as much anymore. Uh, it's desensitizing. And I don't want to be like that cable provider says. And just give it time. Uh, you'll get used to it. Uh, thirdly, as far as its dangers go, It's addictive. Um, There have been studies that show that viewing inappropriate images online can be just as addicting as some drugs because it releases a chemical into your brain when you see it and then your body craves it. Uh, It's a chemical called dopamine and when you see those things, uh, even if they're things you're not supposed to be seeing and you feel that guilt, you still get this rush of dopamine into your brain and then your body craves that. And the more you see it, the more it wants it. And it's addictive, just like a drug. And so that's why... Uh, recovery programs that deal with things like this, often approach it the same way you approach drug rehab because it's very much the same way in that it affects you in similar ways. Uh, it, it doesn't just, it's not just something, oh, I like to do it. Uh, it actually changes the way your brain works and you want it more. And so, again, not that you needed lots of reasons. Most of you with families are already looking for ways to protect your family from these things. Uh, But I just wanted to remind you why our culture, uh, why the culture that we live in, it's so dangerous because uh, it is desensitizing, and it is everywhere, and it is addictive. And so as families and as Christians, our question should be, then what do I do? Your family may not be struggling with these things yet, and that is wonderful. Um, And I hope you will do everything you can to, Uh, To protect your family some of you may already be struggling and think it's too late. I'm I'm too deep in it Uh, It's not too late But here are some things I think that we can do uh, as far as it uh, Setting up boundaries goes number one start early Do not wait until this is a problem in your family to start setting up boundaries You may say we don't have a problem with this My kids don't struggle with this. I don't struggle with this. My spouse doesn't struggle with this. That's great set up some boundaries Um, I don't know if any of you have ever gone driving through the Rocky Mountains, um, but if you go up mountain roads, most, uh, there are some that don't, they have guardrails that run alongside the road. Do you know why those are there? It's not because people are just like randomly, I don't know where to drive, and they just drive off the road. Never, ever, when I'm driving up a mountain road, have I ever thought, I'm going to see how close to the edge I can get. Uh, now, I have, when I'm riding with my grandpa, opened the back door thinking it would be funny, and it wasn't funny. <laughs> and he was sure to tell me that as we drove down from Pikes Peak. Um, why, why, why are those guardrails there? Not because, well, everybody just struggles with staying on the road. So No, they're there just in case something happens. You have that uh, protection there. And so, in the same way, your family may not struggle with these things. That's great. You still need guardrails to protect your family, uh, to make sure that they are not struggling. Um, I think of the Titanic, this unsinkable ship, right? Uh, some people see their family as the Titanic. No, it's not going to get us. We're fine. Don't worry about us. You don't know how strong this family is. We've taught our, our t- children the Bible, they understand, they love Jesus. Uh, And then somewhere along the way, guess what? There's that iceberg. Wasn't expected, and we're not prepared for it. And I've watched families who uh, suffer because they weren't prepared because they thought it will never happen to us. It's never going to happen to me. Don't be the family that says it's never going to happen to me. Um, And so if you have waited until these things are a problem in your family, you've waited too long. Set up some accountability. You can set up accountability software uh, for your family, You can, parents, I hope you know these things already if your children have a device, but there are ways that you can set content restrictions on your family, on what they can use and what they can't use. Uh, You have that right and responsibility as a parent to do those things. Don't wait till your kid starts to struggle with it. Set up in the first place so that even if your child were to accidentally stumble into something they're not supposed to see, it's protected. Uh, They're protected from it. Uh, so start early. Number two, stay informed. I think I've already talked about this in the series, and I will again. Parents, do not play the ignorance card. You can't. I've heard too many parents So say, I'm, not, I'm just not tech savvy. I just don't know how it all works. Uh, yeah, my kids have uh, snap I don't know what it's called, but they play it on this app. Guess what? If your children are using it, you need to understand how it works, what it allows them to do, who they're talking to. Again, I'm not saying that you have to like spy into every single facet of your children's life, but when I was growing up, my mom didn't just let me run over and play with strangers on the streets. Uh, She wanted to know who I was spending time with. She wanted to know who I was interacting with. And Sometimes I think we just hand a device to our children, not realizing that they are now talking to and interacting with people who we would never, ever let them interact with on a face-to-face level. But it's because I didn't know. I didn't know how it worked. Oh, I'm just not tech savvy. No. Uh, If if you're going to let your kids use it, you need to know how to use it. So the flip side of that is if you genuinely do not believe that you can figure out how a smartphone works, that's fine. Your children should not be using one. And your kids are not going to like you. And they're going to put the pressure on you to learn how it works. And if that's your call, that's your call. Um, But don't put something into your kids' hands and say, I don't know how it works and I don't know what you're going to use it for. But I trust you because you're a good kid. Uh, Lots and lots of good kids have made mistakes before that they didn't mean to make. uh, And then they get sucked into things and stuck. And so um, make sure that you're watching what your kids are using uh, for your own sake. Not just, some of you are like, I don't have a family. For your own sake, stay informed before you download the latest social media app. Understand what it does. Uh, There are, believe it or not, there are people out there who create apps who don't have great intentions. Uh, There are, they call them social media apps, but they're honestly more anti-social media apps in which you can get on and just bully people in your area. I mean, I could get on right now and see who's around and just say, hey, and start harassing them. And that's how people use them. That's become a big problem on some college campuses. Um, if you find out that an app is used for the wrong purposes, you don't need it. Okay, there's enough social media platforms out there. Surely you can find one that you can uh, use for the right reasons. Uh, but stay informed for your own sake as well, not just for your family. Number three, know your weaknesses. You know where you're weak. Um, you know the things that you struggle with. And so set up boundaries in those areas. And I have kind of focused so far on viewing inappropriate things, but I think all of us know that when it comes to impurity, there's more to it than just getting online and looking at bad things. Sometimes it's the music that we're listening to. Sometimes it's the Netflix shows that we're watching. Sometimes it's the things that we're allowing our, our families to sit down in a theater and watch. Uh, purity is more than just not looking at the X-rated stuff. Uh, and so you need to know where your family struggles. Because if your family is sitting around watching the Andy Griffith show every night, it, and you go, well, look at us. We, we got rid of cable because we're good. That's good. But you don't struggle with that. Right, but I'm setting up boundaries. Yeah, but where do you struggle? Well, my kids are listening to, to music with inappropriate language in it. All right, that's where you struggle. So that's where you need to set up your boundaries. It does no good to just set up boundaries in the areas where I'm not struggling, because chances are those are areas I'm I'm not going to struggle in. You know your weaknesses, uh, or you know where you tend to be tempted more. Those are the areas that you need to uh, set up uh, the majority of your boundaries. Uh, And then finally, number four, get accountable. Families, you are your own accountability group. Uh, You should be holding one another accountable. Now, I'm not saying, parents, you need to sit down with your kids and say, I need to just open up with you about some of my struggles. uh, Because some of that needs to happen between mom and dad and not between you and the kids. Um, But if you do not create uh, an atmosphere in your home where your kids feel like they can come and talk to you about the things that they're struggling with, they're not going to go to you. And they're going to go to outside sources. Uh, And as a parent, you want them to come to you. Uh, And so be accountable. For those of you, who are not talking about families. You need to find people who can help hold you accountable in these areas. Uh, when I was in club at Oklahoma Christian, one of the guys I was in club with uh, found a software. It's an accountability software. And he said, I think we should have all the guys in our club install this on our computer. Uh, he's, and the way it works is if you view something online that you're not supposed to see, it sends an email to your accountability partners. And so we all just picked guys in club uh, that we knew would hold us accountable. And we signed up, we put their emails in. And if you view something you're not supposed to view, it sends them an email. And then they show up and they say, hey, Jeremy, what what are you looking at? And now we found out the software wasn't always perfect. And so sometimes there were some, uh, some uncomfortable conversations where we're saying, hey, what's going on? And I say, hey, look, it's I was just looking at the score of the, you know, the Thunder game. Uh, But it's better safe than sorry. Uh, And I'd rather have some... I'm losing my mic. I think my ears are bigger than Tim's, just so everybody knows. You don't care, but now you know. Um, Get accountable. Have someone that checks in on you, that can talk to you. Uh, Once a week, on Thursdays, I have a group of guys that I meet for lunch. Uh, This is not like a super formal, let's sit down and walk around, and everybody shares all their struggles. Uh, these are guys I either grew up with or went to college with, and we just talk. And most Thursdays we're talking about sports, or, that's it. Uh, or what we're eating, I guess. But we also know that the guys that are sitting around that table are, are guys we can trust. And there have been lunches where we come in and we start by talking about the Denver Broncos, but we end by talking about things that somebody's dealing with. And we pray for each other and we can talk to each other in that way. If you don't have people in your life that you can do that with, you need to get them. Uh, Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's your spouse. uh, Maybe it's one of the elders or one of the staff here at at North MacArthur that you can lean on. You need to find somebody like that, that you can hold yourself accountable. Especially if you are someone that is already struggling with this. Because let me just tell you, if you think you're going to get out by yourself, you're not. Uh, The more and more I talk to people who have struggled with online impurity, the more I'm finding that those who try to face the battle alone can't do it. They're doomed. And the more you work at it, the more disappointed you get because you can't seem to escape. Certainly God gives us the strength to do things uh, that we need to do. But I think God also does that through the people that he puts around us. Uh, And so if you're struggling with this, find someone that can help hold you accountable whether that's through software that you're putting on your computer, and I'd be more than willing to, uh, if you want to see me afterward, more than willing to tell you uh, what some of those are. Or if it's just somebody that calls you up each week and says, hey, let's talk about what's going on. How you doing? How's the struggle coming? Is there anything I can pray about? Uh, those are the kind of conversations we need to be having. Uh, but get accountable. Again, I know this This isn't a fun subject to talk about, uh, but this is where our culture is. Uh, and it's not just out there, it's, it's within the church anymore. And I think we are foolish to believe that these are not things that members here at North MacArthur struggle with. Um, and it's easier to play the holier-than-thou role. Oh, I, I don't struggle with that, and I, I can't believe there'd be anybody in here who does struggle with that. When we do that, the only thing we do is alienate those people, and, and they're not going to come to us for help. I hope that here at North MacArthur, we have created an atmosphere to where you feel like you can get the help that you need. Um, and certainly each week at the end of our sermon, we, we offer invitation, but that is not the only time that we want to make ourselves available. And so if these are things you're struggling with, whether it's me, whether it's one of our elders or one of the other members on staff, or even if it's just sit, the person sitting next to you. Some of you are looking at the person next to you now and you're like, I don't trust this guy. Uh, find somebody that you can lean on, that you can get the help that you need. Uh, This is a real problem, Uh, and whether you are a family that's not dealing with it but is trying to set up some boundaries in your life to protect yourself or someone who's in the middle of this battle and is looking for help, uh, we want North MacArthur to be the kind of place where you can get the help that you need. Uh, And if that need is something that we can help you tonight uh, in a public way, we'd invite you for it as we stand and sing this song.